The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. As I said to you all, we do have uh, two interviews for you this morning. One, we begin now. Fig- uh, we're focusing on some developments when it comes to pharmacists, uh, pharma- the pharmaceutical industry, and our Minister of Health. And some disparaging remarks to make recently. Uh, calling for a higher degree of ethics by pharmacists in the country. I guess only he knows what he means, but we'll try to get this morning's a clearer idea as to what it related to. Joining us, she's been with us before. Let's welcome back to our program, President of the Pharmaceutical Society of Trinidad and Tobago, Alison Pushay. Good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Nice to have you with and us. And welcome. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> it's nice to have you with us here. For the people who may have missed our initial programs, let me just give you a couple of minutes to familiarize our listeners with you. Tell us a bit about yourself again and the role that you hold at this point in time. Okay, so I'm a pharmacist of over 40 plus years uh, with a wide experience both in public and private sector. And um, I am now the president of the Pharmaceutical Society. Um, That society is a non-profit organization with voluntary um, post of uh, president and presidents and vice presidents and secretaries. Mm -hmm. We focus mainly on ethics and standards and the high quality of practice of pharmacy in Trinidad and Tobago. Well, then that's right up your alley in responding to what the Minister of Health had to say because he, he called for, let me see if I can get it correct, a higher degree of ethics by pharmacists. What, what would you all take that to mean? Well, I mean, ethics is it's like a wide area, you know, and people have these judgmental um, positions that they would take. And, you know, it can range from the, the highest point of ethics to the, you know, where you don't you judge and you decide that this is it's not ethical to to do something or by by virtue of your situation but with regard to what the minister said i would endorse what he has said with regard to having higher ethics in practice of pharmacy and uh, it speaks to us knowing the law and this is where we have appealed to our pharmacists to know the law better because if you know the law of your country, it will make your decisions, your ethical decisions, wiser and more to the higher end of the, of the spectrum. Um, I'm saying this to, to, to emphasize the fact that, you know, we can always tell ourselves that, you know, the situation is dire economically wise in the private sector where you may need to have products which is available to so for the public to come to your establishment and there may be some loopholes in the law that you may look to use so to get those products into your establishment and so therefore your ethics therefore is not to the highest standard that we would like to have it first and foremost i i was very um it was scandalized um the profession was scandalized and you know humiliated to some extent in the manner in which these um you know, raids and, and, and the media releases will hurt because the, as the minister has said, and I endorse again what he's saying, he speaks for the vast majority, you know, 450 pharmacies registered, but yet we all took the the, the um, licks for the few major minority that, that had, you know, broke, broke some of the regulations. And uh, again, as I say, we would always endorse high ethical standard through choice, 
through knowing the law and by doing the right thing. These these errant pharmacies and pharmacists and everything else, um, are they members of the pharmaceutical society? Uh, some of the members, the errant, but I don't know particularly who are the errant pharmacists. That's one thing I must say. Nobody has written my association as a member to say that they have been, you know, visited by the inspectors. I do have members who are members of the private sector, and uh, one of them would have come out and spoken, you know, in defense of pharmacists because Mr. Wazi Hussain is a upstanding pharmacist in our community. His, his pharmacy was not one of those. I have many other pharmacists who have spoken to me and they are upright. So why they they um they are members of our society. I cannot say which of these errant pharmacists or those who were found with unregistered items in their pharmacy are not members of our society. What I can say is that on a continuous basis we would provide um educational seminars and workshops and on a monthly basis we do carry on a lecture under our purple table banner where we would talk about one of the main topics this year was registration of pharmaceuticals, the, who to buy from in terms of distributors in this country, and all the um, processes that food and drugs uh, would require you and the drug inspectorate requires of an ethical choice to be made by, by pharmacists when purchasing the pharmaceuticals to distribute back to the public as sales. Mm. What would constitute an item being declared was uh, it, it what is it um illegal or or unregistered, unregistered or so on what 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 would result in a situation like that okay so we have to look at many items um the the food and drug act categorizes the items there are drugs uh, that are free sale those are once you have items like things that you find in your cough medications and and so they are free sale they are items that has to be registered because you see them freely on your shelves and um, you have prescription-only medicines or, or third schedule, as we call them, which are drugs like, for, you know, chronic diseases, diabetes, hypertension, cancer drugs, you know. Then you have those antibiotics, which has its own law beside the food and drug law. You have the antibiotics falls under the drug inspectorate. You have the narcotics that falls under the drug inspectorate as well. And you have... Uh, control drugs, which falls under the Food and Drug Division, which are the hypnotic tranquilizers, like your your dizzy palms and those sleeping medicines and so. Mm. So you'll find they have requirements that you must meet, and it's stringent and robust, and the minister has spoken to those requirements. And we expect our members who are bringing those products into the country to know that they must meet with these requirements. And they want to meet with these requirements, but they, uh, it is alleged that the process is long. The minister has come out and refuted that it is taking six months. I have few members that would say they have gotten through with their registrations in that time frame as well. Uh, so I cannot question the process of registration of the ministry at present. And if these products that are coming in um, just varies from size, for example, a product is, let's put a simple product like Centrum or say Advil is registered by a distributor in a certain size and it is coming in in a different size it means it is a different product 
even though it is already registered. So it is an unregistered product. People are claiming that this is safe because it's being used in another country. Yes, it is. it may be so, but there are requirements for the distributor with their manufacturer that they are buying that from and their contracts with the manufacturer directly relates to a recall process and a redress process for the patient who will buy that and i'm this is a main point that i want to make and i endorse this with the minister because if anything were to happen with any of these unregistered products which are deemed to be safe in other countries who is going to be liable if anything should happen? And we're only saying this, nothing is happening just yet in Trinidad, but what if it will? And this is why we have a registration process with the Food and Drugs and the Ministry of Health, simply because the contract that you are having with a person who is bringing in this item unregistered is not a contract with their manufacturer who will recall or redress to the person if any adverse event were to happen. Mm. And so just as long as you veer away from the registered size, the registered products that are listed on the database of the legal affairs of all the drugs that have been done the right process, that is what you call unregistered drugs. I have gone through this with you already on yeah. the counterfeit program. Mm -hmm. and one, And even that classification can put it into the category of substandard and falsified goods because we are we cannot put our neck on our block for those products mm. okay i've i've been given some information i'll i'll tell you what i've been told and we'll discuss it and let me know whether or not the information is information we could trust or is bacchanal or what's going on i've been told <laughs> i've been told that one of the the major issues with this whole drugs and legitimate drugs and counterfeit and registered and, and all of these things has come about because the traditional importers are now facing competition from persons who are importing over-the-counter drugs and other things that they can in very, very large quantities and are no longer buying from the traditional suppliers. And the traditional suppliers, and I'm talking about huge quantities, because these are being sold in, ch in chain outlets across the country. And I have been told that that's where the real problem is. That these drugs that are being brought in, it's not that they're bad or that they ain't good or that they go get people sick or that there's not, they're not things that we're unfamiliar with. It's just simply that the status quo has been shaken to its core. Because the people who are bringing in these drugs outside of these suppliers are selling them at a much reduced cost as well. Is that true? Um, I cannot verify that, but what I can say is if those products are the same product from the manufacturers that are coming in, what they um, are deemed as um, a parallel importation. But what type of contract does this distributor or the supplier in this country have with the manufacturer, as I said before, because again, the concern of the Ministry of Health is the 1.5 million people's safety. The concern of the pharmacists, 450 pharmacists in with private sector, is the safety of mm -hmm. the public. I, I understand. I, I I do. I, I I understand the point that you've made. You've made it before when we spoke about the counterfeit drugs, and you're making it again about that line of control. And that possession and, and being able to track it back mm -hmm. in the event something goes wrong. 
But here's where we are at this point in time. We are basically faced with a monopoly. And we cannot deny that there are certain things in this country that are monopolized. And that monopoly is to the detriment of the benefit of the consumer when it comes to price. And I'll give you a clear example. In, in a chain of businesses, one business chain, they are selling a tin of Enfamil for $109. And their competitor, and I'm I, I telling you this because it's first hand, I buy an Enfamil for my nine, nine month old right now. One mm-hmm. company is selling it, one pharmacy oriented element of this business. Because it's a bigger business, they have a pharmacy inside. They are selling this milk for a hundred and nine dollars. The very same milk, same size, is being sold in another chain for a hundred and thirty three dollars. That's a vast difference. The bigger size, where you have two packs in a box, the one is selling it for two hundred and forty nine dollars. The other chain is selling it for $336. That's a huge difference. And that's because of a monopoly that existed as well. Because the distributor for this, this I, I assume, was the only one selling it un, until somebody else started to bring it in or something like that. And is it not the same thing taking place with the medicine? And that's why we have the standoff now where they're using these things about size and package and quantity and all these hurdles that they fully well know food and drug will not claim the specified time frame. And if you've got to dump all these drugs. And, and is, that, is, that what, is that what is taking place? Or do I have my information wrong? Well, Satish, um, I don't believe that we have the information to verify that and say that is what is taking place. What I can add and I continue to say is if you know you are bringing in items and you want to bring in an item, there's a process to bring it in. And if you're not going to tell me you wake up in the morning and you want to import all these things all of a sudden, it is a business. You have a lot of work and homework to do and put in and you have to do the right thing, but you see law until the law has changed. And and anybody who would want to agree to something like that and say that that is correct, then that will be breaching the law. And I believe that the private business, um, pharmacy business chamber is in, in agreement with that. And they would want to see and that is why they are focusing on collaboration with the ministry to see how they can expedite the process of registration. If that is the case and that you can have a diversion from monopoly, um, although the Fair Trade um, Commission would say there is no monopoly, but if there is mon- um, monopoly claimed by the smaller chains, then there is a oppor- an opportunity for them to form a corporation and then to become the direct buyer from a manufacturer and they would have satisfied the registration process and thereby they would then offer this price benefit to their customers. Price is also impinging um, another part of pricing and economics, if you would know. I mean, you would have, it's the ambience of a place where it is the convenience and all of that. I'm not into the pricing industry and the Bureau of Standards. I have approached them about that and there is no, um, no final word on to the markup that a pharmacy or a grocery or so could have on certain items, right? So basically, pricing is, of course, if you have a middle man who's charging more, you will pass it on as a pharmacy buying from that person. Mm. If you could go directly to the manufacturer. So um, to say that 
that is what is going on. Yeah. Um, if it is going on, it is going on illegally because the price, the, the sizes and the registration requirements has been so from time and memorial. Mm. And people know that they're supposed to register. Even I work for an international company. If you change the artwork on your box, you yeah. have to change the registration. You have to reapply. It's called supplemental registration. So we know the laws. Mm. And as I say, ethics can be wide. You have to not try to utilize something. My, meanwhile, the law is being made to me, your survival of economics. What we need to do is have collaboration with all the stakeholders, with the Ministry of Health, with the Food and Drugs, with the private business chamber, our pharmacies, um, with with all of the pharmaceutical society and the pharmacy board. A bigger problem than that is, even though we are, the pharmacies are being targeted for selling unregistered items and going at each other big farm against small farm. Mm -hmm. There's another emerging problem that we have seen, which is the OTC shopkeeper's license and what they are willing, they are offering for sale. And that is one of my major concerns right now because we want the public's interest, um, health, and we have their interests. And these persons with shopkeeper's license who are breaching the law by not keeping to the list of items that are on the Pharmacy Board Act, uh, the ones that we feel should be also looked at because they don't have a pharmacist under the establishment, so they should not be carrying certain items. And then there are other places like bars and gyms and gas stations that we know, and as we say, anecdotally, we have not done an empirical study and research to see how many and who they are, but they are offering for sale items to the public without a pharmacist on duty and this is a major concern mm, yeah i understand what you're saying i really do um and the more we speak about it you understand how convoluted the situation is and how difficult it is to actually get a finger on what's really going on and how many people are engaged in certain activities because in this country you can set up a shop and sell wherever you want you know and it's only when somebody reports you or they find you out what's going on is then they realize that you're not supposed to be doing what you've been doing and and um, and that's a fact. And we've been seeing that with some of these raised people operating huge establishments. And when you check into their credentials, you, you realize that it, there's a lot that, that is left to be desired. We need to take a couple messages to take us up to the news. On the other side of it, um, we'll speak a bit about how do people identify some of these things, if people can, because we went through counterfeit and counterfeit and unregistered go hand in hand in some instances. Um, so we'll talk about that on the other side of eight, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about pharmaceuticals this morning. And whether or not some of what is available are things you should partake of and how do you figure it out. Stay with us. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Welcome back. Three and a half minutes after eight, we are speaking for a couple of minutes again with the president of the Pharmaceutical Association, that's Alison Pouchet. And before we went to the break, and for those of you who like to join the conversation, feel free to do so on 627-3223-625-2257 and your WhatsApp messages. Keep sending those to 3061065. Before we went to the break, I was suggesting we had had this conversation before um, during our, our counterfeit discussion, but let's let's see who's with us. Hello, good morning. What is that? This coming from Chicago. I wonder. 
Hello? Yes, we're hearing you. Go ahead. Yes, I wanted to have a family member who used to use uh, uh, medication. And I don't know if you could advise on it, but the, the pharmacies around the area say that they discontinue the medication. Or when they call the distributor or the importer, somebody has told them that no, they didn't discontinue the order. Now, they call back the distributor at another time, and then somebody says, yes, they are out of stock. So how do you get the correct information <laughs> in, in, in such an instance about a medication or a journal? Okay, and I understand what you are experiencing. Um, the out-of-stock uh, uh, situation has to be conveyed to the pharmacies, through the distributor of the local um, the, of the manufacturer, the local distributor of that manufacturer, they would have known if the drug they ordered it from the manufacturer where it's being made, and they would have known if there was a lead time in the supply chain that is not meeting with their supply, and they would have conveyed that to their consumers who are the pharmacists in pharmacies, and this would have been relayed back correctly to the customer. Um, that might be miscommunication between, I don't know if it's the pharmacy head to owner to the pharmacist, but definitely there needs to be a strengthening of that communication because the customer now is placed with a, in a situation to look around for this item in other places. What we have done is form a network of pharmacists, so they try to source items that are unavailable due to the fact that it might be stocked in another pharmacy, overstocked where it didn't move as fast, and try to help our customers as much as we can to source items that are out of stock. But it, uh, it's just a matter of communication between the distributor and the pharmacies or maybe the what, whatever, that, that, that's an availability that didn't happen in your situation. It's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But it could you could source the drug through the network of pharmacists. They speak to each other. And if you could ask your pharmacist, see if they could find out if anywhere else you could get it, you know, or they could get it for you and you could come and purchase it. Mm. Is there any role that, that your association can can take um, in dealing with this thing of these unregistered drugs, or is that out of your jurisdiction totally? Um, as a stakeholder, uh, Pharmaceutical Society will be consulted, and uh, our we have a private pharmacy committee as well in our organization, and we are looking at the laws to see how we can address situations of expediting the registration making it more transparent to distributors who would like to get into it, new new suppliers, as we were speaking about leveling the playing field of, of monopoly. We want to make it transparent so that the process could be expedited or, you know, we could actually see who is registering what. So we have a database so that pharmacists can write, really know when they are buying from a supplier. Is this an, a, an authentic? drug and it's not taking a risk of having an unregistered drug in their establishment you know so it's a lot of that of what we are doing is to our committee we will disperse the information to, to our members 
And we'll also have workshops. We keep continually have workshops to tell people how to do the right thing to so, so that we can move the ethic line more up to the highest standard rather than at the lower end where they will make informed decisions. Mm. Um, we would collaborate with the Ministry of Health. We would collaborate with the Pharmacy Board. We have been writing letters now to the Pharmacy Board with regard to the um, over-the-counter drugs, um, shopkeepers, things that we want them to ensure that their distributors are not selling to shopkeepers. We will be writing the CMO H through the CMO and the minister by extension that, you know, those types of things that we want to make sure that the list of um, drugs are being adhered to and that they can send out inspectors so that we could protect the farm, the, the public, against these items whether they are counterfeit whether they are unregistered and also the registered ones that are not supposed to be sold without a pharmacist present mm -hmm. so we do have collaboration and, and that's how we intend to continue going speaking as a stakeholder in this yeah i, I know the next question we, we went through a couple times uh, on various programs but we probably need to just um remind people of some of the things that they could do if there is anything that they can do when it comes to these unregistered drugs and drugs that people more or less need to be wary of, how do people know? And, and what are some of the things people can look, look for? Are there places people can go to get information? Tell us. Yeah, it, it, it's very difficult for a patient to be placed in that position, and I shouldn't want them to be placed in it. But the main one that a patient must be wary of is if a, a pharmaceutical has English writing on it and English directions. Um, you, some of our products registered in Trinidad from some companies do bear the trademark um, registration for Trinidad. You will see a number marked T and they will have a long number after it. That means it was registered and gazetted. Um, but you know, to put that on a patient or, or a person buying, it is the pharmacist's duty. It is the pharmacy's duty to make sure that they do not have these items on their shelf. Now, the other products that we were speaking about coming through suitcase or what you, on illicit trade, um, unregistered items, some of them are English. Some of them have English on them. Some, as I said, was the sizes of the different bottles about a, that was unregistered. So a patient would not know that. And some of them are dispensed into bags. So it's come out from a, a 300 tablet bottle and they will get 10 in a bag. They buy it, you know, loosely. And so a patient has to have that confidence in the pharmacist. And this is where we are building that confidence for the, for the patient in the pharmacy industry so that our pharmacist has ethics. We will have that database. We are, I know that the private sector have in the past, maybe they have some of them who had misdemeanors against their name and they are trying their best to come on the right route. Their president or chairman has told them not to buy, advised them not to buy these drugs that are not registered. So they are moving in the right direction because we want the confidence of the public back into, into pharmacy practice. And this is what we are doing. So I don't think that the patient should be burdened with having to look at that. You know, but main one is the English on it. Uh, as I say, the the others that are coming in with English, you can't really tell, and those that are being dispensed, you won't be able to. So, um, well, there's not much more that we can discuss on this matter. We've been, uh, you've been very thorough in in all that's going on, um, and this is a situation of the buyer beware, unfortunately, very much. That's what it boils down to, unless the ministry, which it does not have the resources to do, 
can effectively crack down on all of these things across the country. Um, for persons who are listening in and may want more information or may want to get in touch with you, uh, the, pharma, the Pharmaceutical Society and, and so on, uh, how can they do so? Okay, so we do have a website. It's pharmacysocietytt.org, and we do have our number, which is on there, 379-3686, which is actually my phone number, so we get directly to me. And uh, we have an email as, address as well, farmstt at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Just repeat the, phone num- repeat the phone number. So pharmaceutical society, tt.org, that's our website, and farmstt at gmail.com. That's our email. Mm-hmm. And the number 379-3686. Okay. Um, I want to thank you for being with us here this morning because we've dropped the curtains on our interview and for giving us some more information, explaining some of what's in the public domain because many times we hear pronouncements being made by the ministry, the minister, those in authority, and... Uh, you really don't get the kind of, of explanation that you're required um, to fully understand what's going on. Many people are worried, well, maybe I do Do I continue to buy over-the-counter drugs? Do I not? Do I go to pharmacies? Do I just go to my doctor rather than going to pharmacists? And, and all of these questions people have in their minds. So the information, the discussion definitely helps to address some of those. I want to thank you once again for being with us here this morning and for giving us the information. Yeah. Thank you very much, Robin. And that, of course, ladies and gentlemen, how we drop our curtains on this interview. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.